Uh, we are back in Kevin's garage. Yes. Uh, After a little Keystone Cops kind of evening. It's it's nostalgia night here at the podcast. Um, yeah, we, uh, we, we weren't exactly sure at the beginning that we were going to be recording here, but thankfully uh, all... All running around ends well, and so welcome, welcome back to Shangri-La, Here we everybody. Are. Yeah, I kind of feel like some like sure Benny Hill how. theme music should be playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of us driving around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, have you rewatched since I sent it to you the first time the 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 ravers? The ravers. And I've watched that many times. I watched it the other. It's day. never not funny. Have you guys seen that stuff? What's it about? It, um, it w- it's a bunch of like blissed out. Oh, I know exactly out, what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, to the Benny Hill music. Yeah, no, yeah. it's great. And it, entirely on beat. Like, it, it's yeah. genius. <laughs> it's pretty genius. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad that we have we have this. Do we use this lamp? It, and No, it, I asked because, because it, when it looked like we were going to record elsewhere, it's usually pretty dark in there. Oh, that's so, true. And I uh, typically bring a lamp with me, and I just got out of the house without one, so... It's quite stylish. It is stylish. I mean, yeah, I was thinking yeah, about stealing that. Uh, maybe <laughs> even uh, mod, like a little mod. It's definitely uh, 60s inspired. Mid-century? I like sure. it. Yeah. Are you trying to... Uh, I, th- I think it was in Rhoda's apartment on uh, <laughs> the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yes, exactly. Well, that's just because it's got some avocado working. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that God. is that color of green. Yes. Uh, we should probably get into some theme. Yeah, music. we have a lot to talk about today. So uh, I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin. And Mark. Somebody likes it. Last night were the VMA Awards, and um, I really have, I just, ha- I didn't watch them. I've heard a lot of commentary on the VMA Awards today, and I know that it might be something that we'd want to talk about a little bit, but, but I really have, just from the secondary shit that I've heard about, I really have two takeaways. One, I don't really know the purpose of the VMA Awards. Thank <laughs> like, you. Well, they don't actually <laughs> show videos on MTV well, anymore. Uh, they they do yeah. have other MTV Channels that do, yeah, um, M two, I think maybe they should three, and there's like MTV University Awards on that, one of those channels then. But so there's that, and then uh, the second thing is uh, apparently at some point during a long and putting it politely fucking crazy speech made by Kanye West last night. He oh, announced we're share some of that. He announced that he was running for president in 2020, and and all I have to say is please run. Please, I am begging you. Like, yeah, if we thought this Trump candidacy was entertaining. God, can you imagine if, if, if the two of them ran That's in the already same come year? up. I've already heard other people like talking about the exact same thing. It's just like this pile Dream of hair, ticket. this like angry pile of hair against the craziest man you've ever seen in your life. I think that would be, <laughs> seriously, that's like, it's a reality show already. I was playing trivia one time, and uh, one of the, the, category, or the like, categories or rounds of them was um, who said it? Uh, Kanye West or Tracy Jordan, <laughs> and and the fact so, that it's close, like I, like yeah. I, I got fifty percent or less right. Yeah, like yeah. I had no idea. Like it's just a stab in the dark. Just insane. <laughs> just insanity comes out of this dude's mouth, man. But um, yeah. So I, you know, did anybody watch 
any of it last night? All I've seen is uh, photos of Miley Cyrus's various states of undress. Miley Cyrus, like, trying desperately hard to make a ripple somewhere, like, yeah. um, just just really lame. And once she had, like, red dreadlocks or some shit? I don't know. I don't know. Her she titty came out at some point? She looked like fireworks the last time that I saw a picture of her. Like I mean, stuff. she's like, got a nice body, like uncle, but I don't really want to hear what comes and out I don't, of her face. I don't mean like, she's so I don't, lame. I don't mean like fireworks in a celebratory sense. I mean like her, the, like what she was dressed in and her hair looked like she was trying to physically approximate what fireworks look like in the air. Anyway, Jesus it was just Christ. It was just I weird. thought when you said she looked like fireworks, like when somebody, like if, if there's like a, a warehouse storing fireworks and they accidentally all go off and um, it's just horrible. Not that you're. Oh yeah. Is it considered well, no, like a I mean, state of trans maybe. if you're like a like you were born on a woman's body but you were meant to be a drag queen? <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? Is that like? <laughs> you know, is that a double negative? I don't. How does that even work? Like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, good question. It's Ryan with the Funhouse Mirror question of the evening. I don't Deep know. Deep thoughts. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Um, I, I'd like to read a little bit of of Kanye West now. Infamous, uh, famous speech, yes. um, which I hadn't it. seen any of until we all got together. But I've been reading about it all day. Gra- um, grab a seat at the pew, everybody. Yeah, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I've got the full transcript here, but I'm going to read you some of what I consider to be highlights. Um, starting with the beginning of it, he goes, "Bro, bro, listen to the kids." Uh, uh, and then he's talking about Taylor Swift, and then he goes. And I think if I had to do it all over again, what would I have done? I'm sure he said it exactly like how I'm saying it right oh, now. Oh, sure. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would I have worn a leather shirt? Would I have drank half a bottle of Hennessy and gave the rest of it to the audience? Y'all know y'all drink that bottle, too. If I had a daughter at the time, would I have gone on stage and grabbed the mic from someone else's? You know, this arena tomorrow. I don't know. Then he's going on. and um, Then he's going like, on. Tootie tang. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then it gets weird. And then he goes, uh. This arena tomorrow is going to be a completely different setup. Some concert, something like that. The stage will be gone. If it's a concert, the stage will be I don't know. After that night, the stage was gone, but the effect it had on people remained. The problem, the, pro- the problem was the contradiction. The contradiction is I do fight for artists, but then I fight somehow. So he's referencing, obviously, the Taylor Swift when he jumped off the stage. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, he goes, I don't understand when the biggest album or the biggest video, I've been conflicted, bro. I just wanted people to like me more. But fuck that, bro. 2015, I will die for the art, for what I believe in. And the art ain't always going to be polite. Y'all might be thinking right now, did he smoke something before he came out here? The answer is yes. I rolled up a little something. <laughs> I knocked the edge off. Uh, not all of the edge. No, clearly. <laughs> if my grandfather was here right now, he would not let me back down. I don't know if I'm fitting to lose after this. It don't matter, though, because it ain't about me. It's about ideas, bro. New ideas. People with ideas. People who believe in truth. And yes, you, as you probably could have guessed by this moment, I have decided in 2020 to run for president. Yeah, that shit totally happened. And the best part was, apparently, like in one of the— It goes on and on, too. That it's, It was 11 minutes. Yeah, and one of the recaps that I heard about today— they said the be- like the best part was like, so they, so he goes up there and they're giving him a lifetime. First of all, it's a lifetime achievement award, and he's thirty eight. So, so if you ever wonder about like, hey, maybe the VMAs doesn't really have it together in a real sense, like that might be a key right there. Also, like, he was saying in the speech, and I didn't read this stuff, but he kept saying like, "We the millennials, we the millennials." No, 
No, you the Generation you, X. You're pal. not the millennial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so anyway, so they're like, so the best part was like, if you're apparently if you're watching it, it's like he goes up there. They give him this lifetime. Taylor Swift gives him this lifetime achievement award, which is supposed to, I guess, close the loop on him usurping her, winning something a long time mm-hmm. ago. Whatever. He's an idiot. So, so he's an interesting idiot. He is an interesting idiot, but he's an idiot. So, so he goes up there. She gives him the thing. They hug apparently. And then she goes down and stands, like, I guess with the Kardashian crew. And apparently he starts to speak. And then they cut down to the Kardashian crew and Taylor Swift. And they all realize at the same time that he's going off script and all of their faces fall. Like, just like, like, oh, oh, like, fuck. Every oh. <laughs> <laughs> grab the reins, man. Like, <laughs> anyway. Like, they did a thing. I was. They were talking. One of the places where uh, I heard this on a few channels, but the, one of the places where they were talking about this morning for a little while was the Stern Show. And I think that it's funny that you guys were talking about the Benny Hill theme because that's what they started playing, as, oh, yeah. like as a music bed behind what he was saying. Like, and it sort of fit. So whatever. Well, all I kept thinking was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> Oh, did y'all think? Had, had, yeah, yeah. I smoked something. I rolled something up. Mm-hmm. Took the edge off. No, it sounds like your buddy Big Daddy. <laughs> like, were he given a national stage? <laughs> no, it would have been endlessly rambling, even more than that. Um, so let's. Uh, you you picked the record this I week. I did pick this this week's record. And um, why and don't I, you tell us? I a little had bit thought about I want to be your dog. Was on it. It is not. It is not. Um, but it is a highly influential record, and this is, of course, uh, Raw Power by Iggy and the Stooges. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> As though you're yeah, hearing about it. I've heard oh, of yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I was I supposed to listen to that? That Iggy and the Pops are great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I'm sure that's what Dad would call it. That's probably, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. No, it's it's a good record. It doesn't. It's not long on melody, but it is long on like attitude and riffs. And yeah, but I th- I think like it, that's it's the kind of thing that would it, be a blast to see performed live. It's the kind of thing that like that I imagine would be great to just like put in a bunch of money at a shitty dive bar and play the whole record in its entirety on the sure, box. Sure, uh, it was a, it really entertaining. Did you guys happen to? Listen to both of the mixes that were. Did you uh, read? I think I only listened to the one that came up when I put it in. No, I didn't and, listen uh, to both the mixes. What? I, what? I, can I just say before we dive into this that Iggy Pop is one of those guys that like everybody always says this about Keith Richards, but I kind of almost think this more of Iggy Pop is like that guy shouldn't be alive. I knew but, you were going to say that. Like, like, and and it's the kind of thing if 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 he would have if it would have been some sort of you know whatever Gigi Allen thing or like. Somewhere like years ago, like there was some sort of tragic situation. Everybody would go like, "Oh yeah, yeah. clearly that's, that's yeah. how that guy lived." Clearly. Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you this, man. I mean, he looks a lot better. Like well, I saw Richards. him. I saw yeah. him play at South by like ten years ago, and he would have been in his like late fifties. So, I mean, man's old. Yeah. Um, but he was running around like a kid and like stave diving and um, you know, like crowd surfing and yeah. the whole thing, like like just running around like he was twenty years old. Yeah, yeah, I mean anybody that's like in their mid to late sixties, uh, that primary mode of performing shows is shirtless yeah. still. Sure. I mean the guy takes care of himself. Shirtless running around. Well, my girlfriend has a theory that he's made of jerky. <laughs> oh yeah, I could see that. He's sure. all like sinew and wires and uh, stuff. Right. See, I knew that that's where we're related. I knew you were going to say that word next. Sinew. Yes, but yeah, he does, like I, I just 
you just assume, like, and I haven't seen him live, so so you guys have an advantage on me there. But I haven't seen him. I've seen him perform on. I've seen him perform televised. live on on, te- on TV, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, shirtless. At at the very least, like even with the shirtless thing, like he just looks like, like my my take on him is like the way that he carries himself. It's like he should probably be dead. But, oh yeah, well, he yeah, had, yeah. He had like, the whole heroin addiction for a, a while. Uh, yeah. He's been known to like cut himself with shards of glass while on stage. Uh, that's probably um, not good for you. Yeah, anybody yeah. that stage dies that much, I'm sure. Like he's there's lots of broken bones and pulled muscles. Well, and I, stuff. I've heard that he may have one foot or one leg shorter than the other at this point. Like he's he's injured himself a lot, and he just doesn't seem to care. And it comes through in the music, you know. It, uh, that he doesn't seem to care. The music. Uh, <laughs> well, then he just kind of that one song just, where he talks it, about it, one leg being shorter than the other. That yes, that and, one. and enjoying taking his shirt off as he performs. Yeah, sure. No, Is I he, just mean he just kind of seems all balls out. Which I was tempted. Like I'm you, glad he, oh, never mind. You remember how when we did uh, Modern Lovers, you pulled up like Billboard charts for like when that came out. I'm tempted to do the same thing because I know it's all like. You know, B.J. Thomas and Glenn Campbell. And I mean, stuff. those are exactly yeah, sure. what it, I mean. I'm without. I mean, it's it's not too far off. I mean, this record came out in '73. I think the Modern Lovers came out in '74. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's. I mean, it's. And you or can it was tell recorded that, like, in '74. When you can tell that, like, there is there is a little bit of a similar gene pool for those, like at least Genesis Point for what ends up becoming. Even though that, like, I mean, there's there's be- definitely some Velvet Underground that you can feel that it that is. Well, it's in the DNA of a I little bit of what he's doing. I was talking with the girl the other day, and I, I, there's like a whole, there's like a package that comes with like if you're into Iggy Pop, then you're probably also sure. into David Bowie and Velvet Underground, MC5, and uh, Talking Heads. Like there's a package. Roxy Did Music for some reason gets in there. Sure. But like all of those, like it's like a package that comes with you know if you're into one, you're into all the rest. Shit of them from too. the shit from the late sixties and seventies that became incredibly that was influential. Kind of rock. Yeah, that kind of later but, on, but but didn't do shit for sales yeah, like at, at the time. And it's yeah. like this ecosystem that sort of like goes from glam to punk, but like it's like punk. T Rex is in there a little bit yeah. of Sheen. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, did you guys get the? Did any, did any of you guys come across the thing where like? So I guess. Bowie took a crack at the original mix, and uh, we can talk about it on the other side if we actually want to play a, a track. Well, let's get into Search and Destroy. It's the first song on the record. Oh, I hear that's good. <laughs> you'll, you'll finally get to listen to it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Years later, with well, okay, so they um, okay, so apparently when he did the mixes, um, the original mixes. This is some funny shit, by the way. Yeah, and uh, 
And so like it was like it, on, is it was like on a twenty track something. Like I don't know. Twenty four track. Twenty four track. And he, he the way he mixed it down was he mixed all the instruments to one track. Vocals on uh, one. All the vocals Didn't on it one. End up essentially being like three tracks. There were three tracks. Yeah. Three out of twenty-four. Yeah, right? <laughs> he actually used. Yeah. So, and so basically, the the the. I guess his management team that like was the same one that handled Bowie. Yeah, and they were like, no. Yeah, like, <laughs> he just like, didn't like, get it. Let's, let's fix this. Yeah, tell the second the second half of the the thing is like he they well, asked Bowie. They to, asked like, Bowie, and he's like, "Well, here's all I've got to work with. I mean, I can turn this up a little bit." He was like, "There's up. nothing to do." Yeah. Like, what What I love about that story though is Bowie refers to uh, Iggy as Jim because his yeah. real name is like James, James. Osterberg. Yeah, <laughs> which really led me down this path where I'm like, "Does anybody call Morsey Steve?" <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, because you know you would yeah. get the like the poutiest like, oh, answer. Oh, sure. Like, oh yeah, he just fucking like Steve. death rays out of his eyes. <laughs> What's up, Steve? <laughs> but like, yeah, no, Iggy Pop is what James Osterberg, I think, is his real name. James something. It would be yeah. like the equivalent of that picture of Billy Corgan at the at Disney World. Like, I don't know like, what you're talking about. There's, but a, no there's a photo of Billy Corgan at Disney World that like got taken this year, and he's crammed into like. Some little ride, and you know he's an unnaturally tall man, and his knees are up in his face. And he just looks—he looks like uh, oh, no, no. he looks like Jack Black at the uh, Cubs game. I was like, uh, like Jack White uh, or the other one. Yes, yeah, Jack White. That, that was that <laughs> Jack, was some funny shit. Jack oh, Gray. Mark just found yeah. the picture for. Us. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, so awesome. it's not quite up in his face, yeah. but like equally, but totally sad. And in the in, in the that's same, sad, that's like sad. Like Jack White had like the bitch face. Like that's like sort, sort of in looks the, like he's gonna cry. In the yeah, same yeah. category as Glenn Danzig uh, carrying home kitty litter. If <laughs> you see a photo of that, but it's awesome. Yeah. No, I have not seen that. <laughs> which which takes me to uh, and then we'll, I love how we're talking about pictures on a uh, on an audio show. Uh, on a podcast, I know, I know, yeah. but it, but it, it reminds it find these things. Of what was the uh, the Todd Berry bit about seeing the oh the bass player from Spin Doctors reading Bass Player magazine in yeah. Central Park? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, if ever. I would, there could be a more perfect time to be in the right place. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what it is. Anyway, um, so yeah, so so Bowie took a crack at at you know quote unquote heavy air quotes mixing down well, these and, three and tracks. Iggy likes like, it. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I think he was happy with how and it, it sounds good. I can't tell that he only well, used three one, tracks. One of the comments that I read was that like they so they really like they brought essentially. The net of it was he brought up the vocals and he brought up the lead guitar and he kind of buried the rhythm section like like a lot. Well, there was lead guitar and vocals and everything else. Yeah. Everything else was on one channel. Right. Right. I, so I listened, much you can do. So they later uh, they gave Iggy Pop. They I don't know whatever label overlords they gave him. Was it the VMA? CBS. Yeah. Actually. Was, OK. Well, thank yeah. you. They 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 were going to re. Oh, yeah. With Rhino. They were going to re-release. Uh, this record, and um, I guess like you know, he's been pissed for years that they took his mixes away from him. And th- those tapes, actually, those original mixes have been like bandied about for yeah, like like uh, fans traded them. Apparently. Yeah. So he went back in and 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 remixed the record. And um, I know two things. One is that there was he he turned it's still considered one of the loudest records ever recorded. His remixes, like, and there was a lot of distortion. That's been subsequently fixed in in uh in some remastering stuff, but I mean he just like put it pulled everything up into the red. That's the fr- I listened to both mixes, um, and simultaneously. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. because it makes yeah. sense to do yeah. it that way. Yeah. They, one uh, headphone, one mix; the other 
headphones the other ear. Yeah, it's yeah, intense. Yeah. The it's Bowie mixes intense. were pretty crappy. Um, I mean, I it's good, like comparatively so. There were some songs that sounded better. You know what? It 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 did sound like that. Like I liked the low end and the loudness on the new mixes, but it sounded sort of like when you go back and listen to the Bowie mixes later, and it's like kind of the difference between like. Uh, like analog and digital, like the Bowie mixes sound like you're listening to a uh, an LP, whereas the uh, the newer ones, the ones from '97, definitely have more low end. They're a little shinier. Let me ask you this: so, so officially, the Stooges put out a total of four records. Well, there so, were two prior to this, and then I guess one after. Right, that, and yeah. this isn't including any of the stuff where like they're going to put out a record with uh, that that Iggy Pop is not a part of or whatever, and the yeah, they put out a total of four records. Like, th- does that seem? Like, does it seem like like? Does that color at all the way that you f- like sort of take in this band? Because there's less stuff. Well, maybe because there's less stuff. Or like, yeah, there's some like. So like with the Modern Lovers, like to use to go back to that example, like really those guys have one true release, and then it's just a bunch of like backroom bullshit. Uh, no, I mean, I don't like, think necessarily that colors it. You know what does color how I listen to this? There are a shit ton of bands in Austin that are really highly influenced by Oh, this. yeah. Well, oh, sure. I, just yeah. b- bands. I mean, some great, some all not so great. All over the place. But, yeah, like... Uh, Any garage kids, rock band. Kids out there, go find the OBN 3s. They're terrific bands, and, and wow, they sound a lot like this. And I that's, mean, that is not a... That's not... Uh, me taking anything away from them. They're a great band. But uh, yeah, I, when I was listening to it, I was remembering like when they were in the um, early 2000s, like two, oh, 03, I think, oh, 04, there were a lot of, gar- air quotes, garage bands. That, oh, well, yeah, when you had like the Vines and the Hives and, and all, all those, that going on. Right, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is, is and, and uh, I was listening to this today, I was like, uh, uh, th- this is what they sound like. I mean, you know, just yeah. poppier melodies, but I mean... But can you imagine being an executive at a major record label and getting this in 1973 and it, going like, I don't know what to do? Yeah, I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's the whole thing. you got to put yourself in the context. Uh, again, like like with the modern lovers... And this reached number 52 on the pop charts. It did? Yeah. I thought it didn't sell... No, it, it sold, but like I'm sure that like radio programmers were going like, oh, you got me, dude. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what, what to do with this. Well, I mean, do you want to listen to another song? Yeah, okay. So the other thing that I think is funny about this record, the only way that um, CBS would release the record is if they included two ballads. And um, I think it's pretty funny what, what, what it's considered a ballad. Well, I was going to say, which, which one was a ballad? <laughs> well, there's two of them. And they wanted one on each side. One is Gimme Danger. The other is um, I Need Somebody. And I'm fine with either one of them because I think it's both pretty hilarious if you try to consider either one of these a ballad. But uh, let's go with uh, I Need Somebody.
yeah, that's pretty much along the lines of like your song by Elton John or you know Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue. Yeah, I was thinking oh, like yeah. any John Denver song. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Like any song on a John Denver song. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much all you know of a similar ilk. That's as yeah. close as uh, Iggy Pop's able like, to get. Yeah, like super, the, like like super Jim Croce territory. Uh, oh, like, big time! I, yeah, I, I, I like, have yeah. this. I have this like mental image of like the, the record company executives telling him that they wanted him to record some ballads, and he just like looks at them like a, like a dog, like tilting <laughs> his head. What is that? I, Showing I a dog a card trick is that? Yeah, it's the old yeah. thing. They yeah. just tilt their heads back and forth. Like I, I'm just pretty sure that's probably so what happened. I think to him, he was just like, "Oh, okay, I can put acoustic guitar on it." <laughs> I, I do not think you know what that word. Is means. there even acoustic on that? <laughs> there is acoustic guitar on that, uh, but that may be the only ballady thing about it. <clears throat> you know, I listened to this is like the same band, different record. Obviously, uh, I listened to Funhouse a little bit, the record before, um, and um, it's so superior uh, Sonic. I didn't listen to much of it because they had added a saxophone player for that album. Oh and, yeah, Death Knell. And I don't do that. Yeah. And so, uh, but but the, <laughs> I but thought that was the name of the band. Death uh, no, no, Death Knell's the name of the sax player. It's a stage name. Yeah. No, I I I with Buckethead a whole lot. I, I, I listened to the first two songs and they were great, but it's a it's kind of incredible to me that it's it's so superior sonically to this follow up record. They were still on a major label at the time. Like I guess that that like how did they fuck it up so bad? Well, but here's the thing: like they're uh, so in theory, like they're a punk backed, right? So like like punk bands that really like could keep it together over the long haul. Would you think less of them? Like you, they they should flame out, right? Like, like they should. Green Day. Like, like exactly, <laughs> yeah, I was you no should effects. think less of them. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they seem Green Day seems like a bunch of nice dads. Well, right. <laughs> well, and like, what have the what have the Rolling Stones become? Like you a know? corporation? Exactly. So, like, you know, there's an there's an evolution. That, I think that for a for a punk band to achieve for a it, like, if we buy the fact that they're a punk band, for a punk band to achieve that. Like sort of goes against type. I don't even know if there was that was a word yet in nineteen seventy. No, but but it, it does sound. I mean, incredible. Like the, there, you know, the words proto punk are you know often bandied about to describe. Sure. Well, band, I mean, it definitely is punkish. But it I, sounds it, it was, pretty punk to me. Well, it does. Um, but it was before like kind of the rules of punk had become codified. You know, like now if you if you don't like have certain uh, parameters in your yeah, music, basically punk is. The least punk music. Yeah, it's the most regimented, rules-oriented uh, genre of music anymore. And if you stray from one, two, three, four, is that is that how they do it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Start my punk band tomorrow. Every punk band ever. What was your punk band going to be called? Tongue. Yeah, tongue. I was trying to figure out if I was going to call it thong or tongue, but anyway, it's a whole other story. Tongue thong. It could be the same, just depending on how you pronounce it. It's true. In each situation. I I just wanted to point this out real quick in that um, I'm always so delighted when you um, do your mouth impressions on the show of of various things. Impressions of mouths? No, no. When you you use your (laughs) mouth to (laughs) impersonate instruments and stuff. What was the guy's name that was in Police Academy? Whatever it was. It oh, Michael me, something. He reminds uh, me a lot yeah, of him. That guy. Uh, I like it when you do that. Okay. Also known as guy with a long career. 
<laughs> I bet that guy still gets residual checks. Oh uh, no, the I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's franchise. Like, trapped in a closet in Vegas. I, like, you know, I, <laughs> I, I want to see um, if you go. Uh, I haven't. Not that I've seen his mind bit. <laughs> Maybe trapped in a closet. It, yeah, he was doing <laughs> do the, the police sirens until somebody shows up. But yeah. I remember him doing like video games, but they were like beep boop beep video games. You know, this is like like 1982, 83. Like I, I'm just curious to see, go back and watch actually what he was doing at the time people considered that original like kind of remarkable it was pretty remarkable he was way better than anything that i've come up with i think i I can sound vaguely like dick cavett if i want to but yeah that's the point right and you have it's not i i'm well aware that michael winslow i believe is that i I believe it is michael winslow i love how when whenever you said it your your eyes just lit up for a second okay let's go to intermission Um, so I played a, a show with, with Derek Morris over the past weekend, and he was telling me he just had gotten off of tour, and he was regaling me with some tour stories. He will forever be drilling rig Morris to me, by the way. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. <coughs> um, and uh, I don't know what that means, but it's kind of a long story. That's okay. Go, yeah, don't no, get back to the story. Um, <laughs> so uh, he was, but he was telling me we were just talking tour stories and stuff while we were taking breaks, and. He was saying, "Man, you know, one time uh, he's he had he was on tour or played a show at uh, I think the name of it was like called Damn I Love This Bar by Toby Keith or did, you know There's a song I've heard that song when yeah. I when I well, unfortunately worked at a restaurant that piped in modern country and I th- I think he has a uh, I, I think, love these bars yeah well I think he has like f- he's like franchising those now anyway he's like if you ever get a chance to go online and look at the plate of nachos that they serve there." It is exactly the size of a plate of nachos you would think that would be served in a damn I love this bar by Tony Ke- Toby Keith. And basically, like he puts his arms out and it's it looks like like like, like to bring a wheelbarrow out. And- yeah, like one of those large oval platters in restaurants, like about that big. <laughs> anyway, so it got me to thinking. Got some. Um, we're we're right, if you get the whole thing, it's free. Oh oh sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah it looked like a like an exercise and um like a dare. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah. An endurance exercise. So it started me thinking that um, we're, you know, yeah. I'm trying to see what this has to do with. Yeah. So uh, so to. so then I and then I saw some um, some there were some 9/11 documentaries on TV and it just got me to thinking that nachos and 9/11 documentaries. It, it I'm got, following you. It, <laughs> no, it, it made it, it it made me start thinking that uh, it's been a while since I've heard "Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue" by Toby Keith, and um, with its classic line, "We'll put a boot in your ass." It's the American way. So that is the American way, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that today we should listen to uh, to a Toby Keith song, uh, courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. So All thank right. you. You're you're welcome. We'll listen to it and come back and talk about it. All right. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard to the day that he died. He wanted my mother, my brother, my sister, and me to grow up and live happy. In the land of the free Now this nation that I love Is falling under attack A mighty sucker punch Came flying in from somewhere In the back Soon as we could see clearly Through our big black eye Man we lit up your world Like the 4th of July Tell Uncle Sam Put your name At the top of his list And a statue of liberty 
This is before we met. My, my wife tells a story about being invited to a. Uh, it was like a, a Fourth of July party that was put on by a semi eccentric guy that went to the Rhode Island School of Design and moved to Texas like on the hottest day that had been recorded in Austin in like a hundred years, and he thought his house was on fire the first day he moved here. Like that's the, that kind of guy. Anyway, he threw a uh, semi eccentric. Well, yeah, he's a, he's actually he's a super talented artist, but he was also just uh, ran to the beat of his own drummer. And uh, he threw a Fourth of July party where they played. They stood out in his driveway and played Lee Greenwood's "Proud to Be an American" like over oh, and over again God. all day long, <laughs> like largely ironic. Like, you want me to leave your party? That's how you do it. <laughs> like, yeah. <sighs> anyway, I just but, think, it, like, but I mean, it feels like there's a certain level of camp that I was like, I was watching this and I was like. Where did your sleeves go, dude? Like, uh, well, <laughs> I, like I think he's wearing uh, sweatpants at one point. Or like, like, <laughs> well, and Mark pointed out he's he's got an American flag painted on his Japanese guitar, <laughs> yeah. uh, Takamine guitar. Um, here's an I, I don't really I have no interest in in discussing the red state blue state implications. Oh of sure, the, there's yeah. way yeah. too much funny shit going on. However. That may be the most Republican I, video I've ever seen. Yeah, but in my here's life, the here's, but an, here's an interesting thing. It. So he's from Oklahoma, but here's an interesting thing. Um, I've read in in several different. I got briefly obsessed with him about twelve years ago, um, because of because of this song. It's a long story. Awkward. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I know Toby. Uh, How many feet away can you be from him? <laughs> Thirty. Yeah. Um, so I hope he's not near my garage. Uh, so I uh, yeah, my ankle brace will go off. So I uh, I read this in multiple articles that apparently, um, despite his reputation and, and popularity um, amongst people that would go to those kinds of shows, he uh, he predominantly votes Democrat. Interesting. Which is highly interesting. Well, and I'm like, say what you will. We have said plenty about modern country, about this kind of modern country. It's like those guys, if nothing, know how to play to that type of audience. Yeah, like, and that's that's my point. It's so cynical. It becomes so cynical at that point. But Or just about, or wrote. Like, I don't know. Right. But, I mean, we'll both have it. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I, I mean, it, I just like really like the thought <clears throat> of the Statue of Liberty, Liberty with a, like, like a clenched shaking fish, its fish shaking its fish. It's it like, don't drop the flame. Patriotism <clears throat> as commercialism. Well, yeah, I, I guess maybe what I'm saying is like, okay, so the the way that this video plays out, should you see it if you're listening at home? Yeah, because yeah. you really should. I mean, there's not, there's no. Well, like part of like so so a big part of it is he's playing for the armed armed forces, and so it's a like it's a an audience of American service members. And at some point, they have little flags and like a bunch of like twenty two like, year old dudes with buzz cuts. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. But anyway, yeah, I guess. Point being is like it is a it is designed to be an anthem like for rally the troops yeah, to yeah. Rally literally patriotic like, anthem yeah. you know like uh, we're gonna what is it gonna put a foot in your behind cause no 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 it's boot. we'll put a boot, boot. in your ass because it's the American a, way a foot in your behind yeah I'm <laughs> yeah. sure that's what that was the original <laughs> lyric that he came that up with that would be the British version of yeah. that song <laughs> stuff my toe so far up your rectum uh, so, uh, yeah. that's like a 
That's like the Dan Savage version. (laughs) Maybe. Could be. Yeah. Anyway, but... uh, Santorum. That's all I got to say. Santorum. Yeah, but... Anyway, like the net net is like I think that it's a like it's an interesting song, in the in the, just in terms of like what the theater is of it, but you know uh, clearly new country will never be my bag. But uh, no, like, well there was a period of, and I don't know when this was recorded. There was a period of like I don't know, a good six months to a year after that horrific event where well I mean it was right it the was country r- was uh, was just a wash in this kind of well stuff. this was right uh, right around the. The uh, time of the the Iraq War, the second Iraq War, um, and I know this because the name of the album title that this song is on, it's called Shockin' Y'all, which is uh, a play on okay. the term Shockin' yeah, yeah, Shock yeah. Doll. Clever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love the fact that basically he, and it's, it's, a, it's pr- primarily a performance video interspersed with shots of the Statue of Liberty and um, just all the... Just various and sundry patriotic el- many flags, many flags. But, but my favorite part about the video visually, because they're not going a lot going on visually, um, wardrobe. Like at first, wardrobe I, changes. I thought it, it was his wardrobe. I thought it was a. I thought somebody like had filmed it on their camera phone or something. Like um, he's like at sound check or something because he like yeah, he dude just threw on whatever. Yeah, he just he's just not look. He's at one point he has like a a, a do rag on and. Well, it also kind of occurred to me that it's like so he is in he's in a room full of people who like have like their part of their job is like they have to be physically fit and they get tested on that shit all the time and like. Toby Keith is on the couch a lot, like <laughs> like a lot. There's a lot a lot of like, potato uh, chips involved yes. in that dude's diet. Yeah, well, and you no, kind of get the impression like, that he's like, oh fuck, I gotta get to the venue. Um, and he just picks something his, up off the floor. And his workout routine, it <laughs> yeah. His, his workout routine is referred to as free and easy. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's got awesome like, twelve, 12 ounce curls. Maybe, yeah. He's got maybe. really great. Um, Wavy, like almost platinum blonde hair, like obviously dyed, like a really bad dye job. It's good times. I enjoyed Toby Keith. Yeah. And anyway, like yeah, but for but in terms you know, of like the camp, well, the guy can the, do the camp. That's why those nachos are so damn big, man. I mean, that's like that's Toby style right there. You can tell just just you can by- get small, medium, or Toby style. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna want what's the old uh, Bill Hicks pick? You're gonna want to pull your truck around back. I'm gonna start the pump. <laughs> Well, you're welcome, guys, and uh, that's three and a half minutes of your life that you will not get back. If only three and a half minutes. <laughs> Did it feel longer than that? Yeah, I'm going like, to wake up in a cold sweat tonight. Yeah. Well, I also wanted to, it, to find something that really fit in with, oh, with yeah. Iggy. That's, with, that's the dream build, the really. Stooges. Like Iggy and the Stooges and Toby <laughs> Keith. I wonder how Iggy would approach the topic. Yeah. By the way, Mark, if you can find the uh, needle scratch moment right at that, like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, let's go. uh, We'll go back and talk about some Stooges. Okay, so Raw Power, the third, the actually, it's the technically, it's the third. Stooges record. It is a third Stooges. The first two but, were titled, well, the first one's titled The Stooges. The second was Fun House, but they were both credited to The, the Stooges. Stooges. And this was Iggy, Iggy and, the and The Stooges. Okay, let me, this, this is probably as good a time as any to share a tiny bit from our friends at Pitchfork, who um, With I was kind of shocked this does not get a solid 10.0 high five retro uh, 
cum stain, yeah. like like watercolor, <laughs> water give it a few like, years, like a zen watercolor situation. But it's an eight. They give it an eight point three. It's pretty high. <laughs> it's pretty high, and they're like they're they're pretty stingy with modern work. And so anyway, it strikes me interesting. But anyway, they said a little bit about this record. Um, because the Stooges heard on Raw Power were not the same band that produced 1969's self-titled debut or 1970's Funhouse, but rather some mutant zombie version. Uh, the Stooges dropped from Elektra. Iggy exploited a solo artist deal with David, David Bowie's management to reassemble his band around new guitarist James Williamson, pushing Ron Ashton to bass and rebranding the Stooges as Iggy and the Stooges. And in accordance with those changes, Bowie's infamous... And we talked a little bit about this. The uh, treble-heavy raw power mix that thrust Iggy's vocals and Williamson's searing solos miles out in front of the rhythm section to the point of practically writing off, uh, you know, uh, Ron and his brother Scott Ashton out of the set. Uh, and And then I'll share one more thing. He says, all of which has made raw power the most contentious release release in the Stooges catalog, a fact that Iggy himself effectively owned up to in 97 when he released an exponentially louder and beefier new mix that took the album's title to literal literal extremes and in the process horrified audiophiles with a distaste for digital distortion. That's that's pretty much what we were talking about earlier. Can I real yeah. quick just comment on, on not only is Pitchfork... And don't get me wrong, I, I, I read... A lot of their reviews of new music. Oh, sure. we, we pretty much have the same taste, um, but uh, they do infuriating things like that. Who that when they wrote that like one of their reviews from thirty years later on a piece of sheet of oh of, the pavement review yeah yeah, on yeah legal yeah. paper they do the, the, one of the things that's they're a little cutesy sometimes it's infuriating like, yeah. that like what is the difference can somebody parse this out for me between an eight and an eight point three. Review? I mean, I know it's on a 10-point scale in between. Well, the answer is 0.3. Yes. Again, like that's that's about as cutesy as as it is to say, like, 8.3. I know. Yeah, it's about as exact as, like, Robert Parker's wine ratings. Right, yeah. I mean, it's all arbitrary. Ray Parker? Pardon? Ray Parker? No, I know Robert I, Parker. Robert you know. Parker. If Ray the, Parker uh, Jr. had his own like, I would read his wine. I would read his wine ratings. Like, like, like a drink. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that's what they should call it, actually. Uh, so, but uh, AV Club does like an A or an A minus. Like, what's the fucking difference? You know, like between right. an A and an A minus. Yeah. Like, no. It, it, well, yeah. It's a, it. It does feel a little bit arbitrary, and it's it's part of the reason why I flog those guys a little bit, even when we share some of their stuff and. And really, kind of, you know, I guess maybe the the real reason that I that I sort of recanvass some old old ground is um, Ron Ashton. Like, so he was the lead guitarist for the first two records, and his brother's the drummer. And then he somehow or another got pushed to play bass on this record, and they brought in a new lead guitarist. And the guy, like, essentially, when they reformed, Ashton was again the the lead guitarist the guitar and, player, yeah. and is one of those guys who like shows up on the Rolling Stone list as like one of the greatest guitarists of all time and like whatever like it definitely changes yeah. the sound a lot that's the the sound of the bands um, does Iggy play an instrument I've never no. seen him dude there's yeah. no way he could anyway I mean the, look at all this the stage like, is gyrating. his instrument Ryan the stage Yes, all the world's stage. He's rubbing like peanut butter and shit all over his body, like while he's stage diving. I mean, there's no time for the dude to pick up a guitar or anything. I guess, like, you could probably he could 
He could like pick up a cowbell occasionally, but he doesn't. I think there is cowbell in the okay, other. Okay, well ballad, then maybe he does. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Okay. Well, color me wrong. I guess. Like I don't. I don't know. I mean, anyway. maybe there's an I guess in there. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so I guess somewhere along the way, uh, Ron Ashton died, I guess in 2009. And then the other Ashton brother just died too. Did he just die? Yeah. So anyway, that part I did not know, but um, I do know that it's been kind of interesting. Like one of the articles that I read sort of talked about like the way that different bands look at different eras of this band. And they were talking about how like... There are certain bands when they would play with uh, with Iggy and like would play only the like only the first couple of records, and then um, they mentioned it was like the Chili Peppers and somebody else played like did a couple of songs with them and like would only do stuff from this record forward. Well, this so, is the record like, that that to me is like always I've always just kind of heard about yeah. like it being like kind of this legendary thing, and I think it's a fucking solid record. Yeah. I consider myself to be relatively well read in music history. I have a pretty wide ranging taste in music. And I had always thought that Lust for Life was a Stooges song. I'd, it's just solo no, Iggy it's Pop. Cool. It's solo Iggy. You thought it was a Stooges song too? No, I didn't. I thought you said you thought that. Oh, no, I want to no, be your dog. I want to be your dog is a Stooges song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, never mind. I always thought Lust for Life was, was a Stooges song. So, oops, my bad. All right, well, kids, I think I've got one more that I want to dial up here, um, which is my favorite song on the record, and it's just got, like, a ridiculous riff that just doesn't go away, and that's going to be Shake Appeal. One, two, three, four. Jim uh, seems to have a lot of energy in that song. Do you think people call him Jimbo? <laughs> I bet not. Hard to say, man. I, like, I, uh, I think that would be pretty cool like, if uh, if David Bowie was the only one who called him Derivations of Jim. Yeah, if, like, if, like David Bowie's. That's the all. Jimster. <laughs> it's the thin white Duke. What's up? <laughs> that's so weird. If he's like, if he's like, what, sort what, of, oh, by the way. Um, and we won't. That was the worst David Bowie impression. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if David Bowie really talk like that, like off the mic? Because you know, he's always doing characters. He's all suave and shit what if, what if he's not even British in the first place? He's from like Stop, Topeka, bro. Kansas. <laughs> yeah. like so weird. This is all so weird. Anyway, um, check it out, man. It's my hot wife, Eamon. <laughs> and he like skateboards to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, clearly we're all five. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that was uh, that was quite something. I don't know, Ryan. What was your take? 
Uh, I just think it's got a killer riff. Mark pointed out that he thinks it sounds kind of fifties. Yeah, um, it does. I mean, I can see that. There's like the there's like a bl- there's there's more it's of a that, that chunky bluesy element yeah. in there too. You know, like um, like the uh, it's not twelve bar blues, but it definitely has like a structure in there, and it just just repeats that riff over and over again, and with the hand claps and all that stuff. Yeah, I could see a little Chuck Berry influence. Just out of curiosity, was that another one of the ballads? Uh, that was not a ballad. Oh, okay. Also, okay. also the ballads are not ballads. <laughs> that, that, that song is kind of more of a ballad than the one we listened to before <laughs> in some ways. Well, I don't know. I just found myself wistful, and I uh, had to pull myself out of that. I did notice your faraway stare. Yeah, it was a faraway. Yeah. G- it's a gaze, really. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I, had to, I had to pull that back. Uh, anyway, excited. And uh, thank you for sharing that song with us. Oh, well, I'm happy to help. Yeah. And the whole record is a good record. Like, eight yeah. songs, too. Quick. Yeah, and the yeah. one before was the same thing. I think it's like nine, seven songs. And, you know, which yeah, is, I mean, that's what an barely, LP should be. There it's should barely an LP. <laughs> there there <Really>? should be, <laughs> yeah, there should be five songs it's really, on each side. It's really just a P, if you think about it. Like, it's not that long. It's, it's not a, a long player. player. Yeah, it's just a player. It's a player. Like, yeah, yeah. So anyway, but but I do think uh, this is another one of those records. Like this is actually like kind of a guilty pleasure of doing this podcast. Is like we do occasionally get to roll around and some of this stuff that it's like you kind of feel like you should know it, and if for some reason that you don't, it's like okay, well now I've got that in my. Oh, I'm sure like there are people out there listening to this going like you're a dork, man. How do you not know this? I know, yeah, I feel I'm that. Sure. Well, I felt so. I didn't. I didn't know a minute on it, and that's crazy. No, I didn't know any of it. That, that's crazy. I mean, I've to probably me. heard something of it at like casino. I was gonna sometime. say we like, probably I, like had late night drinks at Casino El Camino, and somebody put in on the jukebox. You know, <laughs> put in like two dollars worth of songs. You know. Yeah, but as far as like sitting and actually like paying attention, no, like nothing. It was oh. it was good. It was entertaining. I mean, it's not is it? It's not the best record I've ever. Though a lot of people think it is. Oh, I mean, if you look at like yeah. the 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 accolades, Johnny Marr, Morrissey. Yeah, if you, if you go to like Wikipedia and it shows like the how it's rated, I think the lowest rating is like nine out of ten stars or whatever. Good like, record. Chris Gow was all into it. And well, Chris was it? Oh no, the one oh, before. God, Chris we Gow. should have read that. I'm sure that would be just that guy. Is incapable of writing like if he really loves something is incapable of not writing over the top effusive praise. The man is like, fond of his hyperbole. Oh yeah, I'd say <laughs> like crying out loud. Yeah. Anyway, now I have to go find that. All right. Well, if you oh. happen to do it, yeah, well, I guess you're still can around just, here. Just save it for next week. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll save it for next week. Um. Okay. Well, that was anyway. That was fun. Um, I, I like it very much. That's a good. That would be a good album to put on in the background, like at a party. You know, yeah, for sure. Unlike uh, Depending blood on, on the, the tracks. party. If it's a hip hop pool party, you probably don't want to play that. No. Uh, if it's, right. If, if it's, it's a, a kid's birthday party, if it's, like, ki- if it's you know like a little girl's tea party, probably not that. Appropriate. That's probably not the album you you would choose. Yeah. That's true. Okay, yeah. I stand corrected. Okay. Um. Chuck so cheese. like probably not that good. <laughs> Well, maybe uh, um, City Alderman nominating party probably not. This is going to be this <laughs> record either. Fair enough. Okay, I yeah. stand corrected. Okay, uh, Kevin, you have a current affair this week. I do. What are we going to hear? Okay, so uh, we're going to. There's a new track by the um, the bassist and uh, band leader of Tokyo Police Club has got a new track out, and so we're going to give that a whirl. Sounds good. Well, leave it to a current affair staff. To ruin my week on a Monday. Listen, Michelle, 
he may never come back. But why do you care? You're a beautiful girl. And everyone seems to have found their sweetheart. Well, I know you're starting to think. When everyone acts like they're on our postcard Why is it your heart that has to sing? Well, I don't make the rules I just play along And I can't break the rules Oh She had And everyone's carving their name on a sidewalk Well I know you're feeling an When everyone's words are nothing but sweet talk Why is it your heart that has to break? Well I don't make the rules I just play so that that was Dave Monks, who uh, is the bassist and uh, uh, lead guy for Tokyo Police Club. This is uh, his solo effort, and uh, yeah, we got a chance to watch the video. And um, anyway, yeah, solid tune. Yeah, um, background music. The but timber of his voice reminds me a lot of "They Might Be Giants." I'm not Ooh, which I, didn't, I don't get Jones. that at all. I do, but I wouldn't have unless you said that. Like, there's yeah. kind of a reedy quality to it. That well, and I could see like so. Okay, yeah. So the reedy quality thing is totally true. Um, I think that they might be giants is like outside of Primus, maybe like one of the most annoying bands on the planet. Oh, I'm like, with you on Primus. Like, I actually like, like they might I be giants. Liked, well, uh, like, I'm with you on Primus. They're unlistenable, but I I really like They Might Be Giants. No, I like They Might Be Giants quite a bit. Um, but now I know what I'm going to be picking. Oh, uh, sure, whatever. Line. Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fine. We can do an hour on that. That's fine. I've been drugged through the mud before. We've had our Bon Jovi day. So, like, anyway. But, yeah, no, I um, I do get the Reedy thing, though. I think that that's, that's not inaccurate. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't an unpleasant song. And it's a little angular, like that's sort of that's sort of the that guy's way. I yeah, think. I like, you know, there's just not um there's nothing like for me personally, there's just not a lot going on lyrically that was interesting. But not that didn't bother me as much as just because it was kind of a nice, pleasant background song. Like this would be fine for your daughter's tea party kind of music, you know. Or, I don't I don't know that it would. I mean, no, it okay, wouldn't be right. a, it wouldn't be offensive, but it might not be. I'm just be saying like if you were listening to that in the background while they're having Does she party. have a taste in music now? Like I mean is she old enough it's to probably like Disney have... Princess songs and, and shit. Shane, is, Shane is not incorrect on that assessment. Ah! Yeah, like, yeah. I only write about something today. Yeah. No, no, it's all good. So um the video was cool. They they played with forced perspective a little bit. Um I thought yeah, yeah where he does the thing where he's like uh turning the Ferris wheel with his yeah, uh, yeah, but also and, like there, there were like large, like broad expanse, like he's standing at the seaside, and then he's playing in front of this like beautiful birch, playing piano in some, front of this. some definite Wes Anderson. 
Yeah, influence there, in it. I didn't, and you know, and I hadn't thought about it that way, but I think that that's there's probably some truth to that. He plays some air piano. You don't see a lot of that in videos. You don't. <laughs> no, that's and then true and then he does some pantomime where he's attempting to pull the camera towards him, but it never actually goes toward him. Well, he's right. like it's, he, he it's like, like failed it, pantomime. It, yeah, it's like he throws a pantomime lasso around the camera that's filming him, and then and then pulls it toward him, but it uh, but it never moves and goes toward him. Well, the camera's like, what the fuck are you doing? Man? What are you doing, dude? <laughs> yeah. Now one of, one of the comments that um, one of the comments that I read you know, was just talking about how like it seems like a lot of that video is like a little bit of B roll, which like for the people who don't know that term at home is like just anything stock footage, stock yeah. footage like stuff that it gets shot as filler, and so like yeah, there's some of that, but um, but anyway, mostly I just thought it was it was interesting for me as a as like somebody who has enjoyed some uh, Tokyo Police Club stuff in the past to see what that guy was up to. And that song, actually, like, that, uh, the release on that just went out today. So so this is hopefully really a very current affair. Hopefully it'll be, uh, yeah, you can't get it, like, it's not, like, you any more currenter than this it's, affair. It's, like, yeah, this it's, is, it's the opposite it of what Ryan, shit. <laughs> Ryan fucking shows up with, like, <laughs> like six-year-old Seven-year-old song. song. <laughs> well, it's new to me. Hey, man, I just found it. <laughs> it's not the way it works, dude. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Um, so that was Dave Monk's uh, new release. All right, fun show. Fun. Yeah. Wait, what was that? Fun show. Hey, fun show. Um, Shane just turned into punching. Everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> <laughs> what? What do we have next week? Oh, oh, yeah. So uh, we talked about this. Kevin so we're gonna got do, very excited. Well, it took me a sec. Well, it took me. A, I was like, I don't know. And then I was like, Oh yeah, we shit. We totally talked about this. So, um, so I got to thinking, and I was like. I was like, "There's, I feel like there's a record out there that we haven't covered that I don't that I don't know that well, but that was ubiquitous and I didn't hate it, uh, and and thought it would be interesting enough to go back into, and that turned out to be uh, Dove's The Last Broadcast. Oh right, I remember oh, right. now. And so yeah, so we're gonna t- we're gonna tackle that next go around. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a little while since I we owned that at one point, but I don't know it that well. well I saw I that. Know, I've never it. owned it, and I and I. And I know, I know a couple of tracks. I think somewhat, you may have even like, given it to me for my birthday. One maybe day. I did, yeah. but but it was probably for that reason that it was everywhere at that time. Mm-hmm. So I saw that show, but I was I I one eyed my way through it. Um, yeah, I was so drunk that things were blurry. So, well, let's let's uh, let's let's do it crystalline. Yes, yeah, because that's how we work. Sure, around here. Yes, we're gonna do in two weeks. Um, Stevie Wonder songs on the key of life. Nice. Oh, it's good. I hear he's he's uh, talented. Uh, that's what I've heard. Yeah. We'll see. I guess. Uh, okay. Right? Okay. Well, this was fun, and um, let's just let's just let's just rip the bandaid off. Thanks. Thanks for coming back to the garage, boys. Thanks oh, for having yeah, me. Yeah, it was quite garage. pleasant. Yeah, it was. It, it, hey, it's not super crazy hot. Um, we didn't know where we were going to be. We landed somewhere good. Yeah, everybody's happy. There were beers. Yeah, there were. Anyway, this is going to be fun. Uh, looking forward to next week and uh, for tonight and for the foreseeable future. I'm Kevin. I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Mark. And this is Somebody Likes It.